Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now, let's dig in. It turns out there's a price to pay for the death penalty, and it's not just a convicted felon's life. According to the Idaho Statesman newspaper, 67-year-old inmate Gerald Pizzuto Jr., who's been on death row since 1986, has cost taxpayers $1.3 million, mostly in medical costs. Apparently, Pizzuto has several medical conditions, but there are other reasons for the hefty price tag to accommodate death row inmates. The guilty nearly always wage appeals to try and overturn their convictions. This leads to costly legal delays. And even if you get the inmate nearly to the death chamber, there's usually a shortage of the lethal injections. It's very difficult to get the chemicals to create the injections because a lot of pharmaceutical companies refuse to sell the drugs used in the injections to prisons. They don't want to deal with the political falling out over whether it's moral or immoral to do this to a human being. And even if an injection is available, it costs as much as $10,000 per injection. When the injections are not available, it leads to the inmate sitting on death row for an even longer period. This is one of the reasons Idaho voted to bring back the firing squad. But despite the high costs, sometimes a crime screams out for the death penalty. In the case of the Idaho Four, many believe the death penalty is the only way to go. This is because there are four victims, Kaylee Gonsalves, Madison Mogan, Zana Cronodal, and Ethan Chapin, and the perpetrator showed an utter disregard for human life. The manner in which these precious souls were slaughtered also factors in, and at the end of the day, the person who did this likely poses an ongoing threat to society. This wasn't a one-and-done type of crime. We also know that Kaylee's family Maddie's parents and Zana's father want the guilty party to face not only the death penalty, but also to receive it by facing a firing squad. They all met with the prosecutors to discuss this very touchy topic. Zana's mother, Kara Northington, would prefer the perpetrator get a life sentence, and Ethan Chapin's parents have opted not to weigh in. The prosecutors have stated that no one has provided them with any mitigating circumstances that could be used to argue that Brian Koberger should not be put to death. I'm surprised his parents haven't come forward with some reason why their son should be spared this ultimate penalty. It can't be easy for them to know that this is a possibility. I've yet to meet a mother who didn't want her prodigal son to return home even when that son stands accused of a most vicious crime, most mothers are programmed 
to save their kids and be the one person who never gives up on that child. I mean, look at Roberta Laundry. I'm definitely not saying that this is what a parent should do, but I'm just saying it's a reality. A lot of parents will say, hey, you know, hand me the shovel, I'll help you bury the body. But let's go back to that death row inmate. Gerald Pizzuto Jr. Pizzuto's most recent execution date was scheduled for March 23rd of 2023. However, the state was once again unable to obtain the necessary chemicals for a lethal injection, so they had to stay the execution, meaning they had to postpone it and the Idaho Department of Corrections had to cancel a previously scheduled execution that was supposed to take place in November of 2021 as well. For the exact same reason, the state could not obtain the necessary chemicals. This happened three other times as well for Pizzuto. He's been scheduled for execution five times in total. Pizzuto has been on Idaho's death row since he was convicted for the 1985 deaths of Berta Herndon and her nephew Delbert Herndon. Pizzuto's two co-defendants were given lesser sentences for their roles in the crime. When you learn more about Pizzuto, crime, you can understand why the state felt he had given up his right to live and should receive the death penalty. On July 25th of 1985, Pizzuto did in two strangers, Berta and her nephew Delbert. Pizzuto approached them with a 22 caliber rifle as they arrived at their mountain cabin. Pizzuto then made them go inside. Next, he tied both victims' wrists behind their backs and he bound their legs. His motive? To steal their money. But Pizzuto didn't stop there. Sometime later, he bludgeoned Berta to death with hammer blows to her head. Next, he did the same thing to Delbert before taking the rifle and shooting him between the eyes. The prosecutor said Pizzuto did this just for the sake of harming innocent people, and he later joked and bragged about the crime. He was later convicted of two counts of first-degree murder. After hearing of the horrors this man subjected Bertha and Delbert to, it's easy to see why he received the death penalty. And it is is infuriating to see that from 1985 until today, a period of 38 years, this monster has evaded his sentence through appeals and then this drug shortage issue. Yes, he's still locked up, but I keep thinking how monsters like Pizzuto and Dennis Rader are still able to wake up each morning, have a hot cup of coffee, and read the newspaper. Their victims do not get to enjoy this simple pleasure in life, and the taxpayers have to foot the bill. Something about it all seems wrong. Pizzuto has been filing post-conviction petition for years. Then he filed a federal habeas petition. After that, he filed multiple successive petitions for post-conviction relief. Later, he even tried to claim he was intellectually disabled when the Supreme Court ruled that the execution of intellectually disabled offenders violates the Eighth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and the list of appeals goes on and on. Today, 67-year-old Pizzuto is terminally 
ill with late-stage bladder cancer and has been under hospice care for more than three years. It's looking more and more like he will never receive his just punishment and instead will die of these natural causes. If that happens, he will have served a life sentence but at the increased costs connected with a death penalty sentence. It doesn't sound like Idaho will be dragging the sickly Pizzuto in front of a firing squad either. It's almost like he's too ill now to be subjected to such a thing. I haven't seen any articles saying that the state of Idaho plans to assemble a firing squad for Pizzuto. What do you guys think? Are the costs of the death penalty worth it, especially when someone like this Pizzuto has been able to evade the actual penalty for 38 years and counting? Does this mean the same thing could happen if Koberger is convicted? I'm sure he'd wage a bunch of appeals, but now with the firing squad, it doesn't seem like he will be able to avoid the Grim Reaper for as long as Pizzuto has. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Did you learn anything? If so, smash that like button, and I'll see you next time.